Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So did you think that this was going to be easy? Did you think that there wouldn't be a cost to being a disciple of Christ? Perhaps you thought being a Christian was going to be smooth sailing, that life would be good, that all things would be taken care of as long as you got your shot of Jesus on Sunday morning. You knew that you would have a good week. Perhaps you thought that in coming to church and giving praises to God, you would be recognized for the work that you have put in at your job during the week. Perhaps having the blessing of having a high-paying job with a house and three cars and a motorhome would all be yours if you just did the right things. Maybe, just maybe, you thought that you would be more liked by others because you were a Christian. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this cannot be farther from the truth. The true blessings of being a Christian. Being a Christian doesn't put only a target on your back with Satan coming after you. Rather, the whole world puts a target on your back because you stand for the purity of doctrine, the purity of faith. You are convicted that there is a better way of life than that which the world gives, and you proclaim it through your words and actions. As a Christian, you stand in opposition to the way of the world. Jesus says in our gospel reading today, Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus came to bring peace between God and man, a peace that he won through his death on the cross. But the peace that he has won for us with God comes at a cost. And the cost is faith. A faith that aligns ourselves, which then sets us at odds with the world that he had come to save. A world that did not receive him. This, first and foremost, for many of us, is seen in our very families. In loving our family, we tell them the truth of God's word. We even raise them up, if they are our children, in faith in God, showing them the way. We tell them of the mercy of God and the wrath of God towards sin. We share with them not only the gospel, but also the law of God, which instructs us on how we are then to conform our lives to God's good and gracious will. And in preaching both law and gospel to our family, we confess that there is no other way of salvation. And so we exhort them, as Christ has exhorted us, to take, up our, to take up their cross and follow him. And taking up our cross to follow Jesus can look different to each individual who holds this Christian faith. But there are some hallmarks, one of which is that this faith that we hold and proclaim is clear, objective, and true. God's word is not obscure or promiscuous, where we can come up with our own answers as to what the word of God says. God's word says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. And we ought not say more than what it says, 
nor lessen that which it does say. We ought to know when to speak and when not to speak. We ought to know where, when to be silent, where Scripture is silent. Where Christ and the Scriptures speak, we speak clearly. Where Christ and the Scriptures remain silent, we ought to remain, remain silent. But taking up our cross to follow Jesus and living Christian lives and proclaiming God's Word, as revealed by the Scriptures, ultimately begins for us in our very homes. If we do not live Christian lives at home and proclaim it to our own family members, who then can we really proclaim this Christian faith to? Jesus says, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. The strife and struggle to be a Christian begins with our own homes and our own families, and many of you know this very well. And this faith that we hold has the potential even to rip families apart, because this faith that we hold does not bend or stretch like a rubber band, but rather stands firm as a rock, neither bending nor stretching. We all have family that have forsaken the Christian faith, despite it being taught to them in its full truth and purity, even from the time that they were from the time that they were born. And yet, for the sake of keeping peace, we do not have the courage to speak up and continue to call them to repentance and faith for the sake of peace. We remain silent because we want to continue to see our children and grandchildren, our siblings, or any other relative. We may even forsake the truth as it was taught to us and attend a church that does not teach God's word in its full truth and purity as we have learned it. All because our children or grandchildren like it better. We tolerate false doctrine that can lead to the loss of faith entirely and the loss of salvation. God's word is unclear. God's word is clear, and it means what it says. It's not multiple choice. The body and blood of Christ is in, with, and under the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. Baptism saves. There is no question about it. We are saved by God's grace through the faith for the sake of Christ alone, apart from works of the law. Marriage is between one man and one woman. God is triune and is male. Faith without works is dead. God commands that we attend church to receive his gifts so that we may remain in faith, and that apart from the, his gifts, we run the risk of losing faith. These are all doctrines of which we hold dear and of which Scripture teaches clearly, among many others. But Jesus says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We're tempted all the time in this world to find 
our lives in this world so that we may have the peace so that we may have peace here and now we don't keep our eyes upon Christ who is the treasure of heaven but we fix them instead upon the things of this world we seek to justify ourselves in making such concessions in order to keep the peace and too often to have peace, we take a minimalistic approach to Christianity and the teachings of Christ, seeking ways for agreement rather than letting the disagreement and, and the division be known and remain in its, in its discomfort. Such disagreement and division is made clear in our confession at this altar with the church's biblical practice of closed communion. With closed communion, it, we make clear that we are keeping our teaching and confession pure and holding to what Christ says about the supper, along with the entirety of his word. And this is not a judgment upon anyone's salvation, but rather it clearly communicates that we do not share the same confession of what Christ says in his word. When we ask people to refrain from the Lord's Supper, it is too often met with anger and judgment. And many do not even bother to return to our congregation. But for those who take Christ at his word, that he does bring a sword and division, they can rest in peace knowing that this is right and proper to do. It is not a condemnation, but a recognition that we do not agree on what the word of God says. And we continue in dialogue with one another studying the scriptures so that we may come to the truth of what he teaches and says. And when we come to the truth, come to the truth, we may then go to this altar together to receive his body and blood rejoicing. Jesus says, whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. We all seek to receive Jesus and to receive him, and to receive his teaching. Even in refraining from the Lord's Supper, when we have doctrinal differences, we do not lose him because he is received at his word. You by no means lose your reward because you refrain from the Lord's Supper, either when you come here or if you visit another church and refrain there. Rather, you show that you are humble to receive the truth of God at his word. And that is an act of faith. A faith that is credited as righteousness, and that is not yours, but a righteousness that comes from Christ and making peace with God on your behalf in his death on the cross. And this gospel comes to you as a cup of cold water in a world that is scorched by heat and destroyed by tornadoes. This gospel that we, cling to, that we cling to despite division and sword is what makes us a disciple of Christ. And as his disciple, you have nothing to fear. You can speak with conviction, live boldly, and follow Christ with the cross that he has placed upon you. It may not be an easy and luxurious life that you thought you were getting yourself into, but it is the life that we live in hope of our reward being 
being with Jesus forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. The peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.